Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, senior tech editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything at all, like how to tell if a celebrity has died or if they're just a groper when their name comes up on Twitter trending lists now. <laughs> oh, that's not a good joke. A little too soon. Too soon, Lauren. It's not funny. That's not funny. None of it is. So send us your questions. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address. It's too embarrassed at recode.net. And a friendly reminder, there are two R's and two S's and embarrassed. Kara, you're yeah. in L.A. Yeah, I am. I'm in I L.A. I haven't seen you in forever. No, I'm a traveling lady. I'm in L.A. I'm having a great time here with all my celebrity friends. What are you doing? I'm just wandering around. I was in Venice. Just wandering? Weekend. Yeah, I like it here. But I'm here at the Crooked Media Studio right now. I've taken over their successful oh. headquarters, and they're letting me record here today because I have so much dirt on John Lovett. So that's why oh, I'm Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I'm actually... I don't, know if, I don't even know if that's a joke. No, I don't, it's not. No, it's not. And I'm going to actually be on his show in San Francisco in next week sometime. He's bringing it to Oakland. Um, but it's a really nice, lovely studio. They have a whole studio, Lauren. Like, we have to, like, operate out of all kinds of places. But they have a beautiful studio here. And they have neon. They have neon. They've got decorations. They've got a big staff. It's really nice. It's for, I'm staying. That sounds lovely. Yeah. At this point, I would just go for a little bit of soundproofing on the walls over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's thing. like really. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about our little push cart. Yeah, <laughs> our audio studio on a push. Anyway, nonetheless, anyway, everyone just keep subscribing to Too Embarrassed and tell us how much you love us, and we'll grow to be a huge podcast, and then we will get soundproofing on the wall. Fantastic. But today. <laughs> Today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we are talking all about Tesla, if I'm going to say it like Elon Musk, excuse me, Tesla, Tesla. because uh, a bunch of people woke up on Saturday morning uh, this past weekend and were like, what the heck happened last night? Tesla had a big event and everybody was talking about it. Yeah, about everything. And we're delighted to be joined by Tamara Warren, the transformation editor at The Verge, who's going to talk about all this because it was a very exciting time with Elon and Tesla. Hi, Tamara. Hello. So much to talk about. So much. So why don't you just get started? No, they had the big event last Friday and Elon was Elon as usual. So let's go through what exactly was unveiled. I'm sure everyone's read about it, but let's go through them tick by tick. Well, sure. Um, So to start off, Tesla threw us for a loop on this one because generally events are on Friday, but this one was actually on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. But technically Friday if you're on East Coast time because that it was around midnight, 9 p.m., he took the stage. Um, So we all knew what was going to happen was the big unveiling of the Tesla Tesla semi. And lo and behold, a big semi-truck drives out. Elon takes the stage um, to great applause because there's lots of fans of Tesla in the audience. And then he declares the range of the truck, which beat out many expectations because there are actually already two electric trucks that have been introduced by Cummins, the big mm-hmm. truck maker, and right. Daimler, the parent company of Daimler-Benz. And, um, you know, he announces that it's go- that your truck will drive for a million miles without breaking down. It has an enhanced autopilot, which is different feature from what it was originally promised, which was total self-driving. And then, you know, things kind of wrapped up. And then, you know, cue the Beastie Boys, boom, boom, boom. The opening guitar licks of Sabotage come um, streaming through the system and out zips across the stage. This 
bright red little roadster, which、um, has the very clever name of the second generation Tesla Roadster.、Mm-hmm. Oh, so he pulled a one、there. more thing. One more. He thing. pulled a one more thing, and he's calling it generations. Okay. Right. Right, um, this、yeah. smells like apple. So, Continue. So, so <laughs> let me just ask: the trucks were expected, correct? The trucks were expected, or、yes. that they were working on them, right? It's just how much range they had and stuff like that. But they were, and also they're very slick looking. People like to look at them, essentially. Right, and we knew this was going to happen, and they'd made a big,、uh, actually, a really big deal all year long about the semi unveiling. In fact, at one point, we knew that this could potentially be a bigger event than the Model Three.、Um, When Model Three was first delivered to supposed customers, but it was delayed several times, and、right. so we thought there might be some kind of gotcha moment. But this was really like next level. But the Roadster too isn't. That's not coming for a while, right? I mean, is what we saw is that is that happening soon, or is that was that a concept? Like, well, people are putting their money on it, like quite literally right now.、Um, it's coming in twenty twenty, which in You know, Tesla terms, if that's realistic, is pretty much accurate、um, as far as what we've seen in the past when people have doubled down by putting money down on Tesla. But what、um, what we what we don't quite know is if they can fulfill that because there's so much going on. There's a base model that is two hundred thousand dollars, or you can have your Founder Series for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you're willing to just pay in full upfront. Oh,、so, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> No、so a、deal. lot of this is this. So a lot of this, I, I don't look. This is a really exciting thing. He's creating excitement around electric vehicles, which is fantastic. But the roadster is just a, a stunt, right? The real thing is the trucks, right? That's really where their businesses have to go. If and even then, it's hard. It's a hard enough and difficult enough road. I hate to use the metaphor, but but let's talk about why they're getting into semi trucks. They're busy doing other things and not delivering everything quite so quickly. Is that am I wrong in reading that, or are they doing really well? I mean, I think most people's read at this point who follow this industry closely is that they're really under pressure with Model Three, and they are missing the marks that they have promised on in great scale. They have a lot of people that have faith in this car and want to believe that this car is going to happen, but making a car. In the hundreds of thousands of numbers, is a much more difficult prospect than manufacturing、um, and at a slower rate, right? So, what what needs to happen is that we need to see the scale happening with Model Three in order for this、um, business model to be sustainable. Now, trucks, yes, there is. Trucks are a lucrative industry. They are a big space that a lot is happening in right now, especially with electric trucking, because of we all know carbon footprints、um, come from trucks quite in in large numbers. But what we are worried about seeing is really how Model Three susses out, because without that, what is Tesla, right? So another another part of piece of that plan is the supercharging network and the mega charging network, and how all of this comes together. And I think it's all part of a big sort of、um, sweeping vision that, by the way, also includes SpaceX and Boring Tunnel and so many things and Solar City. So we have a very ambitious. Business plan in scope, but there's so many moving pieces, right? And so, is semi crucial to Tesla's survival? I, I don't know. I mean, that's that. It's a new market for Tesla. I mean, there's a few companies that are taking interest. We have Walmart that's said they've pre-ordered 15, but that's 15 trucks out of 6,000 in the Walmart fleet, and they、mm-hmm. have said they've told.、Um, 
they've told reporters that they frequently test new technology. So it could also just be curiosity and even something that they may share with competitors. Who knows? Well, that just seemed like an anti-Amazon thing, press release, right? Like, oh, we're going to get the Teslas and Amazon can can go fish. I mean, that to me, see, a lot of this does feel like press releases and a really interesting vision, no question. But but, but being a big, shouldn't they get the rest of their business correct before moving into another business or another business? It seems like there's a lot of, reveals but the main business really needs to get on solid footing is again is that incorrect or not well i think part of the business is wooing wall street right Mm -hmm. um so wall street has um you know we've seen this market rate or market you know market share for tesla just like skyrocket in the last year right Mm -hmm. tesla is this golden child Uh, people are just frothing at the mall for that doesn't necessarily represent where they're really at in terms of sales. But the um, the other aspect of this is, you know, Tesla has a very loyal customer base. So if you can get people to like put down cold, hard cash, you're infusing a company that's hemorrhaging cash with what exactly what it needs is capital. So it does do the work um, in that respect. And also just the brand that is Tesla that everyone in the auto industry is very jealous of now because Tesla, you know, most companies spend thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars marketing their products where Tesla just doesn't need that. They have the sheen that, um, is really unmatched in the auto industry. And a lot of that has to do with Elon, but I, you know, I'm really curious to see how that you know, what happens with Model 3, because now we're getting into the pockets of people that don't necessarily have six cars in their garage and can't afford if they've decided that this is their car and this is what they're investing in. There's a lot more issues with quality um, and service and all of those things that really have to be in place when you're investing in a car that's Mm -hmm. 50,000 versus, you know, the $200,000 new Roadster. So I mean, I, I you know, if I was a Model 3 buyer, I, I might feel differently right now, but it doesn't seem to me like it's a terrible strategy to diversify the business at this point. I mean, if you mentioned Amazon earlier, if you're, you know, if you're Amazon and the e-commerce business isn't fully mature yet, but you're starting Amazon Web Services, 10 years later, that scene is incredibly savvy. Uh, or, you know, if you're Jack Dorsey and Twitter's not doing so well, you start Square, but that's a whole right. different story. You know, like the, but this idea that, okay, let's see what's going on with semis. Let's see how we can make ourselves useful to a totally different kind of client. Let's talk about how we can get between distribution centers around the country. Like, that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the trucks specifically. So what kind of routes will these trucks run? Who's buying them? Obviously, Walmart's testing them. And and some of the specific being autonomous, the center seating. So let's go through some of these things, the everything like that. So talk about how much they cost. Where are they going to run routes to start with? Um, we still don't, as far as I've heard, we haven't had official pricing. Um, the, the truck ru- is um, designed for short haul um, truckers, which is different than long haul truckers, right? So these trucks typically run in the 500 or run in the 250 mile range, um, which gives Tesla an edge here because what they're doing is that now they've entered a space that is quite realistic to where they can, uh, they can really make some in way if manufacturers feel that the quality is there. Elon Musk claims that they can go for a million miles without breaking down. But again, new untested product, we don't know that. Like, what are the pieces of trucking and 
quality that they haven't anticipated. Do we have we seen um, have we seen examples of testing of these trucks where they've driven a million miles? We don't know that yet. Um, you know, so Tesla the semi is equipped with enhanced autopilot, which is a little bit of um, you know kind of doubling back from where they were going with fully autonomous driving. And even it was noted that when the truck was shown at the reveal in Hawthorne, California, that there were drivers, you could see the truck drivers, and it's the same with the Roadster. Like for a company that's really been emphasizing self-driving, that wasn't the message that we got last Thursday. Mm -hmm. So that's another interesting piece of it. Um, There's another company called JB Hunt Transport Services, which is five decades old and based in Arkansas, that also has pre-ordered some of these trucks. Um, We expect to see these trucks in 2019. So we're still a little ways away before we see the Tesla trucks on the road. The way they look is quite, you know, futuristic in the sense that one would expect of Tesla um, with the very, you know, like sloping glass windshield. So that's something else to see in the center seating. But yeah, I read a, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I I read a blog by a, a truck driver who said um, he questioned the lack of mirrors on the side. And I'm guessing mirrors are probably pretty important to drivers of massive trucks. Uh, what's what's behind that decision in the center, the, the center seat in the cab? Well, this is my speculation, just having watched so many car reveals over the years, is oftentimes when a car or a truck I haven't been to as many semi-truck unveilings, I have to say. But when we <laughs> when we see them, we often, things like mirrors and those sort of things are not included because they're not production vehicles, right? They're concepts. So, and some of that is regulatory, right? So um, there are different regulations in the United States versus Europe, for example, on where mirrors and lights need to be. So I imagine the actual truck that we see when it gets delivered two years from now, will look different, right? So that's that's something, or if it's a 2019 truck, it conceivably could be delivered in 2018. So let me just back up on that. But if we see it, in, what we see on the road might look different as this is a concept vehicle from what I can ascertain from what was shown. So that's something. And also, again, as you said, a truck driver, like the big issue in trucking Um, conversations about autonomous trucking is Mm -hmm. the labor industry, right? Right. What's going to happen to these truck drivers? It's, you know, one of the the biggest professions in our country. It's a way of, um, you know, there's, it's pays decently. And there's a lot of pressure from the trucking industry for truck drivers to have a space in there. Now, whether or not the choice to not push for autonomous trucking has to do with labor issues is one question, or it was it just too much to deliver on is another, or with all of the regulatory issues Tesla's have been having with its autopilot systems, was that was that the impetus for that? Those are all possibilities, right, and it could be right. a bit of all. Right, that's interesting. The, um, the concept around labor is an interesting one, but I doubt they're thinking about that at this moment. <laughs> I, I, because eventually, if it doesn't cause need people, they're going to not have people. These trucking companies, honestly, will, will do whatever it takes to make as much money, presumably, but you know, it's probably is it's more the second is this issue around the the safety of the autonomous vehicles, essentially. Right, and no one wants to be sued. Uh, uh, Walmart doesn't want to be sued, for example, if an autonomous truck causes right. an accident. You know, so yeah. So what about the look, the slickness of it? It doesn't have mirrors, and it's the what do you what, how do you look? The look is fantastic. It's like the super new truck, like of the future kind of thing. Oh sure, it, and it definitely 
it does the, I mean, it does the work that Tesla needed it to do there. It's, it's, you know, it's very, it's very Tron or very sort Tron. of. Um, yeah, Tron is a very good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tron meets um, what's Emilio Estevez's scary movie about monster trucks. Um, you know, so, yeah. So match those, match those metaphors together and you have an image of this hulking truck and also, especially, you know, and even color, you know, you think about an average truck on the road and it's sort of dingy looking but this yeah. is you know it's, it's it's definitely a truck that sends a certain message and um you know appeals to a certain kind of company perhaps that might be interested in changing branding of that sort um mm-hmm. but i think that's also more about tesla just being consistent in the message that it wants to send and so i i don't i mean it's it's hard to say how much of the semi trucking business will actually be a part of tesla's future business plan but I mean, I think, yes, it is good to diversify, but at the same time, new ideas cost more money, right? And so, right. and also, where are you going to build all of these trucks? Trucks take up space. Tesla also, um, we really have to see how the Gigafactory and the Fremont, like the Fremont factory is a former car factory. It, there's a certain capacity that these factories can operate at. So right. does it have the space to build 6,000 trucks a year? I mean, these are all questions that are matters of scale as well, too. It, and, and that's where we still don't know how Tesla is going to be um, approaching that part of it. And when were they supposed to be delivered, these Walmart trucks, for example? 2019 is the model year. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that means they deliver in late 18 or mid 19. Soon. Yeah. I mean, they should be theoretically in production now that we don't we don't have any information about that at the moment. Right. And where is everybody else, the competitors like Daimler and others on these things, too? Yeah, they're it's all very similar. I mean, everything in the auto industry right now is in, incredibly. I mean, th- what the, what Tesla has done to the auto industry, just talking um, to people from all different companies is just increase the sense of pace and this sort of race to just introduce new technology and also a real um, push for EVs. But a lot of this also has to do with what's happening in China and the push there um, for EVs, which is really, really the most transformative aspect of what's happening in that market. Right, right. And what about battery technology? Where, where are we with that? Because that's something that Elon talked about a couple of years ago. And anything new in that genre area? Well, um, Tesla has made this promise of solar-powered megachargers, which yeah. will give, um, you know, 400 miles of range in 30 minutes, which, you know, that's that's a big step if that's a promise that we can see is the same, you know, with solar-powered energy, we also have to see that we, we have yet to see Solar City be able to sell this as a product for actual customers. Um, what we're in the larger space, we're still in this kind of raised between lithium ion and right. and solid state batteries, which um, one example would be a company like Toyota, which is working towards solid state battery technology in 2022. So a, lo- a lot of this is going to, this battery, um, we're, batteries are really going to be transformative in the next several years because there's so much happening in that space right now. I think we're going to get to questions shortly, but I have one more question about last Thursday night's event, Friday's event, whatever you want to describe it as. Why were people talking about Elon Musk's jacket? Yeah. Why was, th- why was that a thing? I think it's because, you know, you saw a little color happening there. Uh, um, 
there was a racked piece whether or not it could be a Tom Ford jacket and we haven't had that was confirmed that it was not a Tom Ford jacket and you know and it just Elon is such has sort of this image and he broke out a little bit from it and so I think that just caused and you know and it's it speaks to just who he is as this sort of iconic mega celebrity yes yeah. iconic he's just you know, he really is Tony Stark <laughs> to so many people. Yeah, he just gave a big interview about his personal life, too, which was he's just quite a character. He's quite an interesting like he. Oh, yeah, just, he's looking for dates. He's looking for dates. <laughs> Anybody who's that he is. He was asking, wasn't he asking the interviewer who it, he could hook him up with? I don't know. He's uh, he's done yeah. that to many people. He's done that. Dude. Maybe a run on The Bachelor. <laughs> I don't funny. know. It's funny when you think about it. Who wants to marry a famous billionaire? Anybody? Please call me. I'll hook you up. Kara, um, so, you say that like, you, like you're coming from experience. Like no, I don't know what a lot of people I, that. You know what? Does he ask you to hook, you, to, hook him up? I, I, no comment. Um, in any case, uh, he's a really exciting entrepreneur. And what's really interesting, you know, everyone will argue about whether he can deliver these things. But he is sort of setting a tone for the car industry uh, to really step it up in terms of all these things whether it's trucks or batteries or whatever. And and, and I got to say, the cars are, once you get in them, they are beautiful. They are amazing cars. When you, yeah, when they you really do, are. When you experience them. When he builds mm-hmm. them, they're amazing. And so the Tesla, the last question for me is the Tesla, the, the Model 3. What is the, the new delivery time frame? I think everybody wants one of these at least. Um, still waiting. Um, still waiting. We, we don't know. I mean, that's the issue. We were promised that Model 3s would be delivered this summer. Some VIP customers perhaps have taken delivery, but we really haven't seen the Model 3 in scale the way that we thought we'd be seeing it by now. But again, I mean, personally, I mean, Elon Musk has often promised to do things sooner than later, and that's part of how he drives the psychology and pace of what he's doing. The quality is the most important, and if the quality is not there, and there's been some reports of hand-building things, I mean, that's fine. Like, if you have to hand-build things in order to replicate that with machine building and what's happening with the automation within the factory, those things aren't so much of an issue. I mean, I really think it's important to get the quality right, but it's also quality and it's the space to do it. So what's happening, I think we're all sort of seeing how that plays out. And if one thing goes wrong in quality, it slows down the whole line and the the tack time, which is the time that it takes to um, start each new car on an assembly line, right? So this is the new space that we're moving into. And and it's really kind of a more of a traditional OEM problem, you know, original equipment manufacturer problem. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really the problem. But what I mean, what to me overall, like what I would like to say about what he did last week, and what I think is most interesting is that he reminded everyone what Tesla stands for. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, that's what that was what effect what was most effective about this event mm-hmm. that it was just putting the wanderlust back into the brand when it really needed that because there's been so much criticism and speculation lately about you know where are they going can they pull this off so right. this sort of get, gave a nice to be continued dot 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 feeling that they much need it was much is much needed right now. Yeah, and it's very exciting. All right, mm-hmm. in a minute we're going to take some questions about Tesla. I like calling it Tesla from our readers and listeners. <laughs> and Tamara is going to is it Tamara or Tamara? Which do you prefer? You had the first Tamara. Tamara. In, I'm going to call know, you Tamara, like Tesla. <laughs> but first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, Lauren. Kaching, kaching. 
Ka-ching. That's a lot of them Sorry. there, Lauren. Okay. Well, that's how much a new Tesla Roadster is going to cost. That's so. right. Yeah. Neither of us is going to own one. This show is brought to you by Payfully. Renting your home or spare room can be a great way to earn some extra income, but actually getting paid can take months. That's where Payfully comes in. Payfully is a safe and secure way to get paid for your upcoming reservations within 24 hours of them being booked. Payfully deposits directly into your bank account with funds usually available the same day. They work with all the major platforms, Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, and others. They've helped thousands of hosts expand their business, cover unexpected expenses, and stabilize their income. Visit PayfullyNow.com to get your first request free with the code T-E-T-A. That's PayfullyNow.com with the promo code T-E-T-A to make your first request absolutely free. And now we're back with Tamara Warren, also Tamara, (laughs) the Verge's transportation editor, talking about Tesla, Tesla. And we're going to take some questions on that topic from our readers. We've got quite a few. Lauren, would you read the first question? I would love to. The first question is from Kevin Lamb. He tweets, we're going to have so many long questions now because of 280 characters. I know, it's true. On the short haul routes that the Tesla Semi was designed for, when compared to the same estimated mileage in one year for a diesel-powered truck, how much money could be saved, taking into account uh, maintenance, tires, etc.? I imagine this had to have been one of Tesla's talking points around how efficient or cost-efficient or whatever these Tesla Semis might be. Did they say anything about that when you compare it to a diesel truck? Um, no. And so this question actually reminds me, me of me helping my fourth grader with his math homework. <laughs> but I'll take a crack at answering part of it. And you can make your conclusions from that. So let's say if a trucker travels like 90,000 miles a year, for example, and he or she is buying 2.7 liters of let's say the cost of fuel for a diesel truck, which is a little bit cheaper than gasoline, is $2.70 a gallon. And let's say that's 35 cents per mile. And so if you think about that, just for fuel alone, that's about $31,000, that that trucker is spending a year on fuel. Um, The average price of gasoline for a mile for a trucker is 42 cents. So Think about that. And then as far as the cost of maintenance on your truck, I mean, that really is kind of subjective because that depends how much you're driving it, the condition of your truck. So I won't go into that part of the the question, but you can imagine if you're just using solar or if you're using, I'm sorry, if you're using battery charging in order to power your short haul truck, you're saving quite, you're saving thousands of dollars a year. And that definitely is lucrative for a lot of truckers when it comes down to it, right? Or or, or their companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. All right. Next one is Productive Citizen at Techno Sucks. That's a nice name. I just sent my wire for the roadster. Am I a big dum-dum? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, like any contract, read the fine print, right? Like you've, you've got to make sure that you feel comfortable with what you've invested in and that if it doesn't work out, you're going to get your money back. Maybe paying in full is an interesting prospect for something that, you know, if you buy something generally, people aren't in as a rush to deliver it to you if you've given them all your money, right? But I mean, people have bet against Tesla before and Tesla's won and it's gone both ways. So that one, I I mean, no judgment. No judgment. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This next question is from Irma Nazirovic. I hope I'm saying that correctly. On Facebook, she says, do you think it's a good idea for Tesla to do new models while they can't deliver on 
the Model 3. We touched on this earlier. I'm kind of in the camp that it's probably good to diversify your product portfolio, um, even though you haven't yet delivered the car that a lot of people are really excited about. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, a diverse product portfolio is great. What's really selling in mass right now would be a vehicle like the Model X. I mean, that's what Amer- that's what American customers are buying, our crossovers. Uh, the Roadster, you're, you're dealing with a very small group of the population that yeah. buy in this over $200,000 category. It's their core customers or it's people who are driving competitive vehicles like Aston Martins or... Bugattis and things of that nature. Huayras. People with some disposable <laughs> income. For, yeah. Yes. Presumably. So, all, pretty yes. much all Jason Calacanis will have four of them. Um, right. He has like 10 of so them. So diverse is a hard yeah. word in that yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, all right. That's true. Next, next question. What is wrong with Model 3 battery production? Is it Tesla specific or is it something common for companies dealing with lithium iron battery production? Do these problems threaten the viability of mass produced electric vehicles? I think battery is the center of everything, right? Battery is the center, but I don't think that their problems are only with batteries. I think it's just a matter of making all of the pieces of the automobile come together, right? So that's really, I mean, how the car is, the fit and finish, the build, the battery. I mean, it's it's all of these things that really matter. I mean, battery battery has to be right, and it has to be. They have to be able to build enough of them, but. It's all of, I mean, we, we don't know every single problem they're having, but we know that there are multiple issues with just getting the quality right and, and being able to build the cars fast enough to, to complete enough that it makes a dent in what they've promised. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Same question from the same guy. Go ahead, Lauren. Oh, yeah. The, this is also from Josh Poino. Uh, Sir Schwartz, also what's going on between Tesla and Steve Jurvetson? And what's the outlook for that relationship? That's a great question. Yeah, I can answer that, too. But go ahead. Why don't you start, Tamara? I mean, I think I'll let you answer that question. Okay. <laughs> we just wrote a very great piece, uh, Teddy Schliefer, on our staff about what's going on with Steve Jurvetson, a VC in Silicon Valley, and some issues he had, which caused him to leave the firm, the venture firm that was named for him. And he founded. Um, he was also on the board of SpaceX and Tesla. And I think he's taken a leave. I don't think he's off them completely while well, he sorts out some por- personal issues. You know, they were very close. Elon and Steve were very close. He's been on both of those boards. He's been a big backer of Elon's. And so I suspect, given all the sexual harassment allegations everywhere, um, this is something that Tesla didn't want focused on them, given this event happening. And, but Jervison was actually at the event, from what our reporting showed, at the in a VIP area um, during the unveil. So I suspect he's still involved, but not in the public way. Um, and it's certainly, it'll be a question if he stays on the board. I don't, I don't know. That's up to Elon Musk, I assume. So there's distancing going on right Dist- now. There's, there's public saying. distancing. There's pu- he was mm-hmm. at the event, though. That's what we reported. So there's public distancing and removing. It takes away the, the controversy away from, from these public companies. And I think that's happened with a lot of these sexual harassment allegations, immediate removal from public eye, essentially. Yeah, and I think we'll see this issue continue to play out. So I think oh, yeah. all of it kind of is, they're all, everything it's all relying on each other, like what's oh, going to happen. Oh, yeah. What's there seems to be no yeah. end every morning. Like, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. That one. Yeah, I got that one kind of thing. Anyway. Another yeah. one bites the dust. Yeah. Many of them well-deserved. Mm. Anyway, next question is from uh, Felipe Alves. Uh, Felipe opens the door. Something like that. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> is Tesla ever going to compete against the big players, Ford, BMW, et cetera? I think they are. But go ahead, uh, Tom Let's. What do you think? I mean, I... 
it, I guess it depends what you mean by compete right. as far as mass market and sales. It, it, a lot of this depends on Model 3. I mean, I think they are, as far as brand image, they already are competing. Um, in the luxury space, they certainly are competing. It's it's really that pie in the sky that everyone wants in the car industry, which is to be, you know, the one, two, three automaker, the the, the automaker to sell the most cars, who really drives the trends, who really is in the car that you see every Uber driver pull up in, you know, that's, that's where people, that's where you're really making, you know, the big profits. But as far as competing, but so that's, that's, so that's how I look at competition with Ford per se. But as far as competing just as a legit automaker, sure. Uh, That probably is a good segue to our next question from Matt Caruso, who asks, does it seem probable that a bigger tech giant or traditional car maker will acquire Tesla? At the moment, I wouldn't bet on it. What happens in the future is anyone's guess. I mean, at this point, Tesla really has to prove that it can do this car. And this is such an important car for the brand. It just it 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 solidifies its future in the industry and whether or not it's more of a small luxury car maker or is it a real player and and it also and the technology that it's developed and what is lucrative to other car makers because car makers typically you know they are acquiring other brands sometimes for their sales and for their image and for what they offer but it's often for a piece of technology like if you look at the history of example Ford acquiring Volvo because Volvo had excellent a history in safety technology so that drove that acquisition to acquire that or when Mercedes or Daimler as Mercedes-Benz acquired Chrysler so that it could make SUVs so that's what we're looking at with um, as as far as a traditional automaker acquiring now as far as a tech giant acquiring Tesla I mean it depends what they I mean what people have found, the car business is really tough. And so I think you need a dogged leader like Elon Musk there in order to make this. Yeah, and the really question happen. would he work mm-hmm. would he work for any the only one you would imagine would be Apple, who has the money to do it, uh, Google maybe, but I don't see him working for those guys. <laughs> you know, any of them. Any Well of he's them. got their presentation style down for sure. He can yeah, he just, host I, a good event, but he don't Yeah, look it's like hard he, to imagine like a Ford, you know, that obviously produces so many vehicles a year and has processes in place and has for decades now and could mass produce you know electric vehicles at a rate that tesla hasn't being interested in tesla for that but i guess if you're an apple and you're thinking we really want the hardware not just the mapping and driving software maybe a tesla makes sense yeah they're not he's not selling it i just i would be until he goes to mars maybe who knows? Um, okay, next one. Eric Grimley, will mega chargers be available on other Tesla models to be used in the future, like a quick charge for phones? I mean, I think that's been hinted at that where we're going is mm-hmm. all of, I mean, I think that's part of the big vision that you could just theoretically charge where you need it. I mean, that's what I've been told by Tesla as far as you can do everything all the way, all, all the time with energy being provided to you as opposed mm-hmm. to you buying fuel or paying your gas bill, right? So I think that that's that's where we're, we're what we're working towards. We just have to see it can be if it can be actualized. Right. All right. Next one. Lauren. Next question's from JD Dishpande. Since they have significant head start in semi-autonomous and electric vehicle segments, should Tesla challenge Uber and Lyft with autonomous car as a service platform? Ooh. 
So mm-hmm. like when you're on your way to the airport in the morning and you're like, I'm just going to call Tesla rather than an Uber or Lyft. Well, how does that work? The only, I mean, the, the issue with that is both Uber and Lyft have their own autonomous strategies, right? Uber has been working on autonomy. Lyft has partnerships with several automakers working on autonomy. And there's a lot of discussion about the race toward autonomy and who has the right approach. Tesla has one approach. Some other automakers have another. Some suppliers have an, a, yet another. Um, Google as Alphabet as Waymo has another. So it's mm-hmm. it's really looking at, you know, is it LiDAR based? Is it radar based? Is it um, camera based, um, high definition camera based? So it's and or is it all, all an element of all of these aspects of how you actually create the map and that's that's the race we're in at the moment so right you know maybe 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 it'll be interesting to see how it does shake out or that these get bought and stuff like that but everybody can't do everything for sure yeah Um, oh i like this next question yeah (laughs) a person named halal writes in what if any of these vehicles exploded just like the note 7 how possible is that with 250 plus miles per hour top speed i love how the majority of tesla's audience right now are just wondering if anything's going to get delivered Mm -hmm. and this person just went to 11 they're like it's is it just going to explode like i mean i guess that's any concern with anything that's bat, you know, lithium-ion battery operated, but Tamara, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the Koenigsegg, which travels is the fastest car of the moment, travels 277 miles per hour. If you hit something with that, it's going to explode, right? If you travel, if you hit something at at that speed, you're in trouble no matter what. But if the battery just explodes, then Tesla's in really big trouble. The and it's is not going to come down on them easily. I don't. I don't see foresee that happening. There's so many um, regulations in place before that mm-hmm. happens. And if it did, that would, I mean, yep. that would be massive. Let's not anticipate that. No, right. no. Okay. All right. Swaroop Satish on Facebook says Tesla is cool. Okay. That's factual. Uh, but will they last uh, long like our gas cars do? Do you think current Tesla cars will age gracefully, say, 20 years down the line or cause to become like iPhones that you swap out every two to five years? That's a good question. Well, I don't, I I think this this question isn't limited to Tesla. I mean, I think if you look at all of these cars, they all rely on software and they're more computer based than say a vintage car. And so we really don't know how they all age. Will we be collecting these cars and driving them around? And also how will the batteries age for five decades from now? And will they be produced? And will we be able to sync up the software um, once um, a system is outdated with old hardware. I mean, it's kind of like pull up your laptop from a decade ago or two decades ago. It's an interesting um, aspect, especially for blue book values, which is how your car is valued um, as it ages. And I think that'll be an interesting space to watch. Right. Absolutely. Or even owning cars. I think that's even going down the pike. Do you need to own a car? Can you just have them for a while or rent them or something like that. Yeah. Unless they're really, unless you need a utility vehicle, unless you're someone, I don't know. I am of the feeling that owning a car is going to be like owning a horse in 30 years. You're going to like, oh, I have a car out at my ranch and I drive it around for fun. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of going there now a lot with this whole performance car category. I hate driving cars now. I used to love it. But anyway, um, I'm not. I hate driving in cars with Kara, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question, Lauren. Keep going. Next question is from John from Tanzer. <laughs> I miss you. I would even get in the car with you right don't now. Don't get in the car. What, with me. <laughs> I'm angrier <laughs> than ever, so don't. Anyway. 
<laughs> what has Tesla? Well, at least I can stop you from tweeting if you're driving. Uh, what has Tesla done to convince Model Three owners purchasing the eight thousand dollar full self driving capabilities will be worthwhile? Tesla hasn't given a time frame of when this will be available on the Model Three. I think customers do it because Tesla says. I mean, which is an interesting way yeah. of telling people what to do things. And sometimes they do it, and they just have blind faith and they believe. And yet, you know. I mean, credit to the fact that there is no marketing strategy, nothing implanted in commercials that we see street or hear telling us or um, or even planting articles to to back up that fact. So I think there's just this sort of proposition like because we said so. And, you know, is it a good bet? I mean, I guess it's if you believe them or not. Kara, do you believe them? Would you buy the eight thousand dollars? You know what? The, the Tesla owners are like they love Elon. They, I don't think he just whatever he says they do. Honestly, I, when you meet them, they just they revere him. Uh, it's largely men, um, but he's like they're fanboys, and they just whatever he says they do. I, think, I don't know. I think it's a very different car company. Let's just say we don't have that relationship with a Ford. My Ford is very nice, but I don't listen to what it says ever. And I don't care who the CEO is, but in this case, they absolutely do. All right, last question, Chad Parisman. Uh, is there an aftermarket for Tesla cars? That's the rest of us who don't want to pay this much. Should people look there for options if they don't want to wait for the Model 3? Is there an aftermarket, used car, Tesla market? Well, aftermarket actually means um, the way you hook up your car and trick it out oh. after you buy it, as oh, opposed okay. to, yeah. Right. So I, think they, yes. I think they mean <laughs> buying them later, so that's not the right word, but what? But go ahead. Yeah, so that, but I mean, just as a fun fact, like Google Tesla aftermarket and you'll find like hundreds of thousands of options that people are sort of going off and doing DIY Tesla things on their own. Oh my God. And, is, um, and what was the second part of the question about Model 3? So can you get uh, ones that are used, used Teslas? You can't afford a Model 3. What happens to the owner who's getting the Model 3 and wants to get rid of their last model they had? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can, of course, there's, you can buy any car that's used. I mean, as far as that, if someone owns a car, they can resell it anytime. And you, I mean, just look online at some of these sort of Is it a good, is car. it a good market for Tesla compared to others? I think not? they maintain their value. I haven't studied up on like what their value it's is compared to others. But I think generally, yes, because the demand is high and they don't make that many cars. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of interest in Tesla right now. So right. Anything yeah. to worry about in that case? Like, I suppose battery life and different things. Is there anything that wears down more than other cars? No, I think it's where the car is like anything else. So if you're in a city that's been like hit by a disaster, as we've had yeah. many recently, then mm -hmm. you definitely need to check these things out. And, you know, and also, I mean, this is like standard car. I mean, more standard car advice is like really do diagnostics and everything. And those right. things are important. Yeah. So, but it's not usually like, remember the old thing, old granny from Pasadena wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. Some no. bro from San Francisco wrote it around and probably bashed it several times. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. So are you finishing up? We're going to go in a second, but are you excited? This is, is it an exciting company still to cover? It still seems like something oh. new every day. 
every i mean it's it's breath i mean they really not to use like bad car metaphors but Mm -hmm. they move at such a fast pace and it's really exciting Mm -hmm. and there's something new literally every week and it's a roller coaster and it's fun and i think they're injecting a lot of passion into the auto industry in what was a very closed club for um the last decade or so and you can and they're really helping um people get excited about change in transportation which is very important right now and they've you know they've done an important service as far as making electric cars cool and acceptable and um, desirable really right yeah, and absolutely. that's the most important contribution what I think Tesla has done as the brand and if you look back at the past it's like a Tucker or something of that nature where and you know will they be the Ford of the future I mean we don't know I, I wouldn't no, it would be it would be silly to bet completely against them because they've already proven that they can they they can they have some tricks up their sleeves and Elon Musk is great at that and so it's fun to watch every day like what's next? Entertain me. <laughs> this will be a story for a long time. And this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Tamara, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Tamara, thank you so much. And I just have to give you a belated thanks as well for letting me do a screen drive review for The Verge where I actually got to drive a Tesla Model S P100D for a week. And it was really <laughs> glorious. It was. It totally was. I'm like, changed. Uh, but if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. And you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. When you subscribe, be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen to every episode at our website. Just go to recode.com. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a great podcast called The Vergecast. It's our flagship and it's hosted by Neelai Patel and Caitlin Tiffany uh, and Ashley Carmen have a brand new podcast called Why'd You Push That Button? It's excellent. Go listen to it. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thank you for listening. And thanks also to our sponsors and to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. Uh, And thanks to our editor, Chris Basil. And a very special thanks to Beth O'Connell at Cadence 13, because today is her last day working with us. Yes, it is. We've been working with Beth since I started Recode Decode. She had some amazing suggestions and was an inspiration when we got started. And we will miss her very much. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you, as always, to our producer, Eric Johnson, uh, who we can't seem to get rid of no matter how hard we try. Uh, Beth, we'll miss you. (laughs) Just kidding, Eric. We love you. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. Lauren, why are you still here? There's nothing more to say about Tesla. Oh, no, I'm done talking about Tesla. I'm here because I want to, while we're talking about next level innovations, I wanted Mm -hmm. to tell everyone about my video series for The Verge, Next Level, which we just launched season two of it. Yeah, that's that YouTube thing I've heard so much about. How's it going? Oh, you've heard so much about it. Everyone in your circles is talking about it. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Um, It's going great. So we ran the first season in July of this year. And then the second season just kicked off at the start of November. And the whole idea behind the series when we started it was to not just look at the things that we look at a lot at The Verge, like laptops and phones. We just had a conversation about phones um, and things that are are easily accessible to consumers. But instead, to go inside to the labs that people normally can't get to see and go behind the scenes and look at the prototypes and the concepts 
concepts that are not out yet but have the potential to be you know pretty cool if and when so the they, next they level launch. in other words the in next other level. words the next yeah. level uh, of the next yeah level. so season two just kicked off yeah great so what are some things you're looking at give me just a broad range the first episode we looked at holograms uh which is a term that's a little bit overused these days to describe, you know, volumetric content, stuff you look at in AR, sometimes with VR headsets or sometimes in an AR app. And we actually found uh, some people down in Los Angeles who, uh, it's a company called 8i, and they do, you know, legitimate holographic video. But there were a couple moms um, who were getting holograms made of their kids. And I heard about this and I thought this sounds really kind of bizarre and also cool and I want to learn more about why they're getting this these holographic videos made of their of their kids while their kids are still young yeah. and um, and we ended up That's doing creepy. this deep dive into holographic video being used to create time capsules of people oh, um, wow. it's very like I don't know some people said it was like vanilla sky some people were like blade runner holograms I, don't, I feel like everyone always wants to associate this with yeah. with like well, Hollywood and some a lot way, of it's been in the movies good well this is has. fascinating where can you find next level Lauren you can find next level uh, anywhere you'd find Stories in the Verge, but I would recommend going to our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash The Verge. You can find season one and season two there. Or you can also just go to TheVerge.com and find all the video there. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Kara. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy hologramming. <laughs> <laughs>